Well, that's the sound of beer number six cracking. We are officially five deep. That means it's time for another episode of Already Five Deep. I'm Wynn. Over there is Mo. Let's go. Let's fucking go, he says. I love it. Five deep. Five deep. Five deep. What are you sipping on today? I am sipping on a beer. Me too. (laughs) Beer with no names. Beer with no names. No name beers. But we did have some whiskey earlier. Uh, We've talked about this company before. Uh, A local brewery here um, collaborated with a local distillery. Henneberry and Battle Mage, and they made a Hooded Assassin single malt whiskey, which is pretty good. We, uh, instead of shooting that today, we actually mixed that, and uh, it was good. It was solid. Solid. Mix it with uh, Wild Cherry Pepsi, because that's what I had. I didn't have a Coke. If either of those companies want to sponsor us, feel free. <laughs> we could we do all mixed drinks all the time. Wild Cherry Pepsi, official sponsor of every. Minority party out there. Woo! Woo! That's right. Saint it. Saint it. Um, but yeah, so we were talking a little earlier about what we want to talk about on this show. We're going to get into that here in a minute, but I, just, just to go over some of, the, some of the preface of this show. Some people may be out there listening, our, our tens of listeners, you know, that are slowly uh, decreasing every day <laughs> due to lack of content. They're probably asking themselves, Why? Why do these fucking jamooks want to sit here and fucking drink all these beers and then just, you know, start talking about... Well, the answer is why not? Why not? You know what? I didn't feel like drinking today, Mo. I Me neither. I, I, I didn't feel like drinking today, I did. but I why was, not? I was hungover as shit yesterday. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it for the fans. The fans of our show. I'm going to do it for camaraderie that we have when we do this show. Oh, yeah, because I feel like everybody listening to this show should probably be drinking or smoking oh, while yes. listening to this they should already be five deep when they turn this on that should be that should be like the official rules of this show we're five deep you should be five deep and that's true we hold ourselves to that like we can't control it if they are not but integrity am i right <laughs> yes exactly because there's we're sitting here talking right before we start recording and i'm like oh man i don't want to talk about it because i want to save it for the show because you know, as you're drinking, just BSing. Like, our prep work for this show is, like, we set up, and then we we get five deep. <laughs> However that is, so conversations happen. You know, we're not we're not strangers. We're friends. But, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, we don't always, well, I don't always feel like, you know, drinking for a show. But I do it because it's fun, and I enjoy it. Once, once I'm five deep, I'm like, I think looking back on zero deep. <laughs> Zero deep win. I'm like, what's your problem, dude? <laughs> why don't you yeah, want to get? Why don't you want to get on my level? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Mo, we're having such a, such a much better time now than we were two hours ago. Exactly. You forgot about most of your problems. They still exist, but you forgot about them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, so we were talking a little bit earlier about movies, and uh, one of the things we brought up is uh, Kid Rock. He's not so. If you like Kid Rock, cool. But what he was great in was Joe Dirt. <laughs> and we posited that Kid Rock was actually Joe Dirt himself. He was Joe Dirt playing somebody else in the movie Joe Dirt. But he's not actually Joe Dirt because he was born in Michigan. He's not even a Southern guy. But uh, it was funny. We talked about how good of an actor David Spade is. But you brought up something, Mo, about the movie you watched with your dad that made him realize you probably weren't gay. Tell yeah. us that story again. 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm like a preteen, like 11, 12 years old, and, you know, this movie came out, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and I'm watching that movie, having a just laughing about it, you know, it's about this unattractive guy we all know, Rob Schneider, you know, Rob Schneider, what's up, you're unattractive. It's true. You know, so, uh, he gets all these ladies, though, to come up, now, granted, these ladies have problems, but... You know what, lady isn't beautiful. So, I'm going to hold my tongue there. Uh, anyway. It's about this guy that just gets paid to, like, escort these chicks and have sex with these chicks. And I'm, I'm like, enjoying the movie for what it is. Comedy. Uh, I watched it a couple times when I was, like, younger. And, um, I was, like, I remember one time it was, like, on TBS. If y'all remember TBS. And my dad's watching it with me. And my dad is, you know, he comes from, like, a small town in Mexico and where men are raised to be men. There's no, like, exception about it. And, but, you know, I had a really good childhood, just saying. It wasn't like that. Uh, But, yeah, like, I'm out here having a good time with my dad, and I'm laughing at it, watching it. We're talking about the movie, and I thought he was going to be like, oh, this is inappropriate. Like, you can't be watching this. But, nah, that's probably when he found out I wasn't gay. And it was a proud moment for for him, probably. He was like, oh, you know, raise my son right. Not to say that if you are gay, you know, you're raised wrong or whatever. But in the eyes of my dad. We're just talking about in the eyes of my dad. That's all. Yeah, I get that. Um, My dad, totally different background. Eastern European, not Mexican. But uh, kind of a similar story. (laughs) But I was a little older. I didn't have a lot of girlfriends or anything like that growing up, so pretty sure I remember one time I had this conversation with my dad. I was talking about a country music artist, and I was like, "Oh, I love this guy." He's like, "What do you mean you love this guy?" I'm like, "He's got <laughs> he's got great music." He's like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, and I was thinking like, "Dude, does my dad think I'm gay?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, he probably does think I'm gay." And then one of my friends said so too, like, "Oh, we thought you're gay till you got married," because I hadn't had a lot of like girlfriends or anything like that or talked about it nothing so um i think it was like when i finally met my wife that they were like oh well he's not he's not gay okay crisis averted in his late 30s i'm like guys i wasn't i wasn't gay i just (laughs) very picky so yeah but yeah it was uh dads are weird sometimes dads are weird but since we're on the topic of movies um let's talk about movies what what was your what, what what is your favorite movie of all time? Do you think, or at least one? I know it's hard to pick one. It's but hard to pick one, but one of my favorite movies of all time that I could just watch over and over and just like, like laugh every single time mm-hmm. is uh, I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Well, no, I'm gonna save that one for later. But let's talk about Fight Club. Yeah, let's talk about Fight Club and how great it is. I think people nowadays they look back on Fight Club, which came out what this is 23 years ago or so 24 years ago i'm not exactly sure. 24 it's just called a classic you say 25 yeah people you know and honestly it's weird how much people's opinions have changed but i mean honestly the movie's pretty fucking timeless uh i think a lot of people may consider that movie like problematic now because toxic masculinity whatever that's a very beta thing to say but i mean it is what it is quit being a beta just accept the movie for what it is but I like that you bring that up. So I remember watching Fight Club in the theaters with my friends. And we were all at this time, 
mm, older teens, you know, but still but very much teenagers. And there's parts of that movie where it's all about living like a very Spartan lifestyle, like the things you own, they begin to own you, you know, so like, you know, the characters and they were all about like minimalizing their possessions, just getting kind of back to the basics in a modern world, which you can never go back to like, you can never be a caveman in the modern world. Caves don't exist anymore. We have technology, but you can eliminate a lot of those uh, superfluous items from your life, right? You are not your fucking khakis. You know that's a line of the movie. You know? So I remember, as soon as that goes out, as soon as we get done watching that movie, we go to Denny's, right? You know we're all hyped up on this. Oh, that was great. That was great. And uh, I remember what we were doing at the time is like. We like to go to Denny's and drink coffee because, again, we're teenagers. Denny's was one of the few places in our town that was open 24-7. We were, you know, night owls, essentially. So that's the place we could go. We didn't have fake IDs. We weren't really big drinkers or anything like that in our teen years. So we went to Denny's and we were drinking coffee. And I remember like, oh. Creamer and sugar, we don't need that. It's not essential. So we're sitting here drinking black coffee. If you drink black coffee, more power to you. But that shit is gross. That is fucking gross. I drink black coffee. Yeah, that's I gross. I coffee black. Cool, yeah. Because, you know, I get it. But at the same time, I don't because it's nasty. But I'm sitting here drinking beer, which is also nasty. <laughs> One of my bandmates and I had a conversation last night. I'm like, hey, do you ever drink? He's like, yeah, I just don't like beer. I'm like, dude. I don't like beer either, but I have an addiction, so I'm not drinking now, so I totally get where you're coming from, but that was one of the things I remember most about Fight Club, is just how hyped up we were on, like, this whole concept of, like, minimalism, and not needing things, and, like, cutting all these, ex these, these extra comforts out of your life, uh, which I don't know if was the takeaway you should take from the movie it should probably be like you know get therapy and counseling if you have issues but it's funny the last thing I'll say before I hand it over to you I remember seeing this meme recently where it was uh, a picture of Edward Norton and uh, Brad Pitt together and uh, it said oh yeah Tyler Durden still talks to himself sometimes or something like that or like Edward Norton still talks to himself because him and Brad Pitt talking I was like that's hilarious. So, what was your take? Why did you like Fight Club? I like Fight Club because I watched that movie when I was very young. So, being like, you know, seeing how people live in a society full of angst, mm -hmm. where angst is kind of like passive aggressive. Yeah. You know, you do things, you might lash out, but people don't really know why you're lashing out. People might think, oh, that person just has a problem with the whole world, blah, blah, blah. But no, angst is like held in aggression. And in Fight Club, you know, people had an outlet where they meet up and they just fight each other. Which, you know, probably is not the greatest idea. But for a movie, it made sense. Yeah. It made all the sense. And I was just like, man, here's these people with day-to-day -day jobs. They're an accountant. They're an insurance person. They work for somebody as an assistant, whatever. But they meet up at this warehouse that they do not talk about. That's another reason I liked it, you know, like mm -hmm. bro code. Mm -hmm. You know, first rule about Fight Club, we do not talk 
about Fight Club. But they clearly were talking about it. But they clearly were talking about it in little inner circles where they trusted each other and all this and all that. And they go down, they beat each other to bits. But, uh, yeah, that probably wouldn't work in uh, society, especially not today. Nah, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be able to take a punch. Not even a push today, or a shove. But that's a different conversation. I think you're right, but I think, like, now more than ever, that movie is really important because people need to learn how to take a punch, be it physical or metaphysical. Uh, Dave Chappelle had a great line, which I can't repeat because I'm white, but he's like, you know, (laughs) America's turned into a bunch of bitch-ass, you know, N-words. And that's true. That's true. There's so many, like, people here that are just soft. And I think that movie kind of, it didn't expose it, but like you said, it goes in that movie, like, Edward Norton's character, he works this dead-end job, right? Oh, yeah. You mean, and men of, of all walks of life are like this. We go through life with this constant, like, struggle, this constant, like, low-key, like, rage and anger like we're not where we want to be we have expectations put on us that we don't necessarily want and men a lot of men don't talk about this but it's true you know like there was so much pressure on us to perform and to be like a certain way to act a certain way to be a certain way to 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 these expectations that we think are on us to be met and we when we feel like we're lacking or we're not where we should be we 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 do we get we get frustrated which turns to angst which turns to we need an outlet of some kind so oftentimes people turn to drinking or they turn to you know sex or whatever how 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 far of a leap is it actually to say i need to destroy something beautiful like he did with jared leto in that film just beat the shit out of him yeah. bust his face up oh he beat him to bit. and i yeah, told i i totally get that sentiment you know it's like sometimes yeah you just you need to break something I hate to reference Limp Biscuit, but... <laughs> Break stuff! You know, yeah, yeah. It's just that, one of them days! They're a product of that environment as well. Like, the 90s were totally about that. And I don't know what happened between now and then. The world has not gotten better, but for some reason, people are just like, okay being not okay. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. Because, again... The world has not gotten better. Think about what's happened since then. We had the 2008 crash, right? People lost mm. a crap ton of money, you know? Yeah. We've, we've had these recent economic woes. Inflation's out of control. Everything I feel else. like there's a recession every six years. Every six years, right? people are losing money, man. It's just... So what's, what's so better now that people don't have this same angst? Like the 90s? I mean, grunge. Grunge was a thing. And grunge was all about like, dude, we, we're, we're not happy, we're upset. But look at music now. It's a bunch of mumble rap. It's a bunch of... We're getting way off the topic of the movie, but it kind of ties into the greater, like, you know, feeling of what... And this is why Fight Club is so great. It is. It is. Because it kind of... If you really look at it, besides just being, what, in my opinion, a great movie, it forces you to kind of ask these questions, you know? Especially, like... A lot of people look at things in the past through this lens of like, oh, they're doing this, that's terrible. Like racism, for instance, they'll look at things from like the 1600s, like, oh, they were terribly racist. Well, there's probably some pretty progressive people there, which would look horribly racist by today's standards. But I mean, that was the times they lived in. And this is only 25 years. Like history, and maybe this is our unique perspective now, and I'll, I'll admit that, we have access to so much information that 
we can easily look back 25 years ago and be like, oh, this movie's problematic. I mean, think of all the terms that have popped up since then, you know? People are now, like, um, you know, gendering things that weren't ever gendered before. They're talking about toxic masculinity, which wasn't a thing before. All these new terms have risen. Since. So they look at this movie through this auspice of, like, oh, well, look back here. Well, this movie is terrible. Well, no, it's not. It's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie. It's still a great movie. It's still an amazing movie. You, you kind of have to get out of your head and just enjoy it for what it is. Um, am I saying everything done in the past was great and perfect and not terrible? Not at all. Not at all. But it happened. We're here because of it. And that's really how you have to look at it. Maybe I'm being, I don't know, too naive, too pragmatic about it, but that's what it is. So anyways, Fight Club, sorry, I spoke a lot. You know, one of my favorite parts in Fight Club is the very ending when they're seeing all those buildings collapse. But right before that, he's like, you know, Marla, you met me at a very strange part in my life because he was going through all that bullshit. And then who, what song plays as the buildings start to collapse? Pixies, Where Is My Mind? I gotta be honest, one of my favorite parts of that whole movie was uh, Robert Paulson's Amazing Breast. (laughs) I mean, I'm not gay, but, you know, where's the milk, homie? (laughs) Fight Club is great. So that's a good movie. So is that your favorite movie of all time? That is probably my favorite, like, top... You know what? It probably is, because I think coming in second, what I was going to say earlier... As in Glorious Bastards. Okay. Because I just love Quentin Tarantino's way to put a spin on history. And I can okay. watch that movie all day and laugh because he just off the wall. Another movie with Brad Pitt in it. You mentioned something earlier about a movie you can watch over and over and over again and never get tired. So, I actually had a movie like that when I was in high school because I didn't have cable. Um... <laughs> I had a VCR, and I remember one of my friends, he had a bootleg movie collection. So I had borrowed a movie from him, borrowed, i.e. still have now, you know, 25 years later. Uh, But it was Mel Gibson's Payback. Payback, all right. I'm pretty sure I watched that movie every day after school my senior year. Like, I just watched it and watched it and watched it and watched it. And, uh... I wouldn't say it was the best movie. It was a it was a solid movie for what it was. I mean, um, but yeah, that that movie I, I must have watched easily 150 times, L- literally. Like that's not even a lie. And I could probably still watch it now because I don't know what it is. I just like it. I mean, the the style the movie's filmed in, the the character portrayals, like some of the guest spots, like Lucy Liu's in it. It's great. Chris Christopherson is in it. It's got a lot of good little bits in it. It's it's just great. I was so. gonna say I, I don't think too many people might know what payback is nowadays, but it's a great heist movie. It is. It it's is a great so, like chase them, chase them down, chase them and catch them movie. Yeah. You know, and then like I said with Lucy Liu and like main guest appearances and it's just an action film. True. Spo- amongst action films. Spoiler alerts ahead. Here's the basic premise. And mind you, I haven't watched this movie in quite some time, but I did watch it a lot. So there's this guy, Carter, played by Mel Gibson. He goes on a heist with one of his friends. 
he gets double crossed at the end of the heist. Is this a huge heist? No, it's for several hundred thousand dollars. I believe his take of it is like $150,000 or something like that. He gets shot, but he lives. He goes to this street dock or a veterinarian, gets the bullet pulled out. Then he's on, he's on the path to revenge. And this kind of ties into some of my favorite movies. We'll get to that in a second. Um, he's on the path to revenge. So his friend is now that betrayed him as kind of a made man in this, this pseudo-mafia organization. Um, well, his, I don't know if she was a prostitute or just a stripper girlfriend, has this big dog, uh, and she named it after Mel Gibson's character. So he goes on this rampage to get some money back. So he's telling everybody, like, hey, I'm here to get my $140,000. Like, $140,000? I have suits worth more than that. All this kind of shit. Because <laughs> they're, they're trying to give him, like, more money than he actually wants. He's a very honest crook. He's like, no, I just want my $140,000 or whatever it is. And uh, Lucy Liu's get, character gets involved. She's a dominatrix in the movie. So if you've ever, like, you know, had that scenario play in your mind during like a masturbation session or something, there you go. Uh, just watch that. Um, but yeah, what's up? Um, so. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's pretty much payback in a nutshell. It's a really good movie. And as I mentioned, that tie-in of like revenge and everything that that ties into two of my other favorite movies, which are also about revenge. That would be The Count of Monte Cristo, uh, the one with Guy Ritchie in it. Um, was it Guy Ritchie? I don't remember. The the one made in like the 90s, early 2000s. I really like that. I really like that book, too, uh, by Alexander Dumas. Great book. It's all about revenge. Like, you got fucked over, now you're coming to get yours, and you got yours. And the other one I really like... Uh, a bit earlier than that film was The Crow with Brandon Lee. Oh, yeah. Dude, how fucking ballers to come back from the dead to right or wrong. I love it. So that that revenge, that revenge motif in movies really resonates with me. That and, like, personal sacrifice. I'm a sucker for, like, you know, heroic acts in a movie. Like, I'm going to lay down my life to save my... Oh, dude, gets me every time. I cry. I cry. A lot. But Glorious Bastard, you want to circle back to that? Yeah, Glorious Bastard is a great movie, man. Set in World War II. Uh, and it's just Quentin Tarantino history, so it's all wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the war ends with uh, a movie theater where the Hitler is going to be at, and Brad Pitt's men, they, they go in knowing they're going to die because they're setting off bombs into this theater they put the bombs like in their pants like you know like right by their ankle they tie it to there then they set it underneath these seats it, like some of them don't make it out on time it's really good but there's so many parts in that movie that are just like when America was going through everything that it does how does this movie get released in 2012 well, Quentin Tarantino, that's how. Yeah. It might have been tw 2012 or, like, even earlier than that. I can't quite remember. Uh, but there's this one part in specific where, my, you know, some, some, uh, some friends of mine and I were always talking about it because there's this guy from New York, and he's a, Jew he's a Jewish U.S. soldier in 1940s, you know, during World War II. And they capture this uh, German 
soldier. <laughs> and they're questioning him to give up, you know, to give up intel, and he's not. And this guy's hanging out, like, in this, like, sewer drain, just knocking a baseball bat. You hear it, like, and Brad Pitt is like, hey, man, it's like, you might want to give us some info now. Like, talk now because, you know, inside here is like, we have the bear Jew, as the Nazis referred to this guy, apparently. And he comes out, he's just like this normal-looking, like, U.S. soldier guy. And, but he has, like, this New York accent. I can't really do it, but, like, he comes out. And he's just like, ah, oh, Donnie comes up to bat. And he just rips at this guy's head with the baseball bat. And he's like, ah, oh, and he knocks it out of the park. <laughs> and that's just, oh, that's 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 a good movie, yeah. It's classic Americana. Beating the shit out of people with a baseball bat, referencing our baseball heroes. Does it get more American than that? Not if he, really. If he had, if he had, had a all. slice of apple pie right beside him, oof. And a hot dog, Ooh. America, baby, America. Yeah, there's just little parts like that, you know. And then uh, another guy comes out in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. Forget his name, but he's playing like one of the uh, Nazi guys. Does a really good job because that's not his character at all. He actually plays like a good guy in another Quentin Tarantino movie. Django. 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 Yeah, what's his name? Oh I shit! Can't think. Can't remember it. I could Google it. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think we all know who we're talking. Yeah, yeah, about. we all know. I'm not gonna Google it. Waste time on on a on a podcast. <laughs> we're I, sitting this out to the. You Google it if you want to know. You, you know the guy we're talking about. Talking about the German guy from Django Unchained who buys Django and then frees him. Yeah, great actor. Hats off. Yeah. So I don't know if we intended for this whole episode to be a movie review or our synopsis on movies, but that's kind of what it became. So, uh, yeah. If you yeah. like movies, uh, give us some suggestions of movies to watch, and I guess we could break that down. Already five deep movie reviews. Send us a Maybe movie some. that you like to watch with like two or three sentences of why you like it, or five or six. I'll read it. Yeah, and we'll tell you why you're right or you're wrong. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. People say, oh, opinions can't be right or wrong. That's incorrect. That's an opinion that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah. That being said, can definitely be wrong. I think episode four, man, in the wraps. Done. Done, son. Mo, good, good to drink with you again. Yeah, here's to episode five in the future. Episode five in the future. <laughs>